What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, Thursday, March 17th. And yesterday was the day the Dolphins run game appeared to refind its pulse with the signings of Raheem Mostert at the running back position to complement Chase Edmonds, but also the addition of fullback Alec Ingold, one of the top fullbacks on the market, a clear sign that the Dolphins are bringing a brand of football back to South Florida that we haven't seen in quite some time. Check your pulse. Let's get after it. Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Thursday, March 17, 2022, and we are ready to crack some skulls here on today's episode of the show because the Dolphins clearly invested in the running game, clearly invested in the offensive backfield, moving and shaking, making some big additions. Raheem Moster, former San Francisco 49er, familiar with the system. He's in play. The Dolphins signed him to a one-year deal worth approximately $3.1 million. It's a good thing. Then they also signed fullback Alec Ingold, and that is really a one-two punch that has me excited to talk about the running game here on today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. I want to thank you for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Me, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. If you're on the YouTube channel, you see there's a nice blend of uh, Dolphins and NFL Draft scouting represented here in the main cave. But before we talk about the good, we'd like everybody to raise your glass, raise your can, whatever else you got going on. I actually kind of have to open up a new one. I've been at it for a few hours already this morning. And please pour one out for one. Mac Collins. Congratulations to Mac first and foremost. He signed a contract with the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday. But I'm upset. Because Mac, you know you did something right as a player during your tenure with the Dolphins when the collective consensus from every, every single Dolphins fan that I read on Twitter was that they were upset that Mac was leaving and they wished Mac good luck, best of luck, and thanked him for his time in South Florida. That's rare. In, uh, in a space and in a sport where there's so many different interpretations and there's so much gray area, to be a guy who was as universally loved as Mac was, that says something. And I guess maybe maybe we should have seen the writing on the wall because the Dolphins did sign Keon Crossan early in the free agency negotiation window. And that was an odd signing at the time. It said, oh, oh Crossan, another primary special teams guy. You know, we, we got Matt Collins, who's, who's a killer on special teams. We're expecting him to be back because he was so good and he was productive in the passing game. Dolphins apparently had different plans. And 
I guess that's one of my questions. And as of this morning, we don't know what the financial terms were for Max. So maybe he priced himself out of what Miami felt was comfortable. It's hard to say. But I look at some of the deals that Miami has given out and crossing out $3.15 million. Yeah, it's not a small amount of money. Elena Roberts got over $3 million. So if those guys are getting that, if, if Mac was above that, perhaps I can see why the concern was there. But I would also counter with this as far as just I'm critiquing this decision, and this is constructive criticism, and it's my point of view, and it's my perspective. And if you don't agree, that's fine. But I would rather have Matt Collins and Preston Williams on the roster 10 times out of 10. Can I say 11 times out of 10? Matt Collins, one of the best special teams kick coverage guys in the league. And I know a lot of casual football fans do not give two farts about special teams. But go watch Mac play Gunner and tell me it's not fun. And he was a killer on teams. And he was a team captain. And he had his most productive receiving year yet. And he averaged over 15 yards per catch. And he scored four touchdowns. He was a significant contributor to last year's team. And you foil that to Preston Williams, who's always had physical potential, but has not been able to physically realize that potential. And all the money that you gave to Preston Williams, I would have stacked it on top of whatever your appropriate budget was for Matt Collins. And I'd have given him both, both players worth of money. Because Preston Williams does not play specialty. They tried to try to win kick returns this rookie season. He got hurt, return kicks. Durability's been a problem. Consistency's been a problem. Drops have been a problem. So you know, I, I certainly hope Preston Williams is a member of the Miami Dolphins. I say all that to say I, I certainly hope that he enjoys the best season of his career in 2022. And the Dolphins enjoy a, a fruitful season, and Preston enjoys his time in South Florida and finds a chance to really ignite what has felt like he's been up against that glass ceiling for a while and break through that glass ceiling. But if you could give me A or B, it would have been Mac every single time. Um, so I don't know if there were things away from between the white lines that helped dictate that. I know. Uh, Crossan's a younger player, and Mac, I think, is 29. Um, and trying to get continue to stay in that young physical prime for your um, primary contributors in each of your team units, I, I don't know. But uh, of a lot of the primary players that the Dolphins have retained, youth continues to be a trend. You know, Teddy Bridgewater and Raheem Mostert, 30 years old, backup quarterback. And a running back who gives you a ton of flexibility, right? Between Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, you have as much flexibility as we could have possibly hoped for as far as how they choose to attack the running back position. Um, much more so than I, I think we would have anticipated. And that's huge. That cannot be stated enough. The flexibility the Dolphins now have in their offensive backfield is... I don't want to say a game changer, but it certainly alleviates the pressures of this offseason to feel like, man, we got to come out of this draft with a back early. It's that time of year as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. 
Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. But it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Number two of the day got a lot of tape to grind today so that's we're, we're getting ready and we're getting locked and loaded hoping to get some alec ingold tape in throughout the course of the day today as well um but let's talk about this running game and also while we're going to talk about the running game now i'm not going to get into the connor williams discussion that we touched on yesterday but i also wrote a manifesto for over <laughs> at thedrivenetwork.com. So uh, wrote a piece kind of breaking down Miami's scheme transition from gap concept to zone concept, uh, the barriers that are in place uh, with the current person on the roster, why Connor Williams was such a good signing, uh, but then also considered it something of like a public plea. Please do not play this guy anywhere other than left guard. So that whole story kind of fits into this discussion, but I'm not going to recreate the conversation again. We're, we're simply just going to talk about Alec Ingold, and we're going to talk about Raheem Mostert um, and focus on that dynamic of what has changed for Miami and, and how that's going to continue to evolve this offseason. So the addition of, of Mostert was one I think we all kind of had some level of anticipation would probably become, right? Mostert uh, was injured this past year, uh, but when he had his primary opportunities in San Francisco, he was extremely productive. He had over 950 yards from scrimmage in 2019, playing across 16 games. But if I told you that he only played in 34% of the snaps that year, it certainly creates a, a pretty eye-opening Look at 14 receptions for 180 yards and then 137 carries for 772 yards, 5.6 yards per carry, 13 yards per catch, 10 touchdowns. That was 2019. That was not that long ago. 2020, 104 for 521, 5 yards per carry, 16 receptions for 156 yards, only three touchdowns, and then last year played. Just a handful of snaps, had two carries for 20 yards, and that was it for the year. And he's 30 years old. So this is how this kind of player is on the market for one year, $3 million. Um, injured last year, missed half the year the year before that, uh, and really only had his primary breakout in 2019 after bouncing around the league for about four or five years. The presence of Raheem Mostert does not in itself solve your running back positions. But when you pair it with Chase Edmonds, I think you do get a really nice blend of dynamic runners. And then you, you pair in the addition of Alec Ingold, who was kind of the one we were all waiting for to see what they were going to do at fullback. I know they had tacked some guys on early in the offseason, but there was nobody that was like, oh, that's going to be the guy. Like, was it going to be Patrick Ricard uh, from Baltimore? 
Are they going to try and trade for a guy? Or are they going to try to draft Chigo Okwanku from Maryland in the, the day three of this year's NFL draft and ask him to be a fullback? Well, I like this resolution a lot. Alec Engel. Um, this dude's physical. He's a Wisconsin Badger, and that should tell you everything you need to know uh, about his background and his style of play. But the presence of Ingold and the confirmation that we're not going to use a tight end to be a multi-tool guy and ask him to be in the backfield, and they, they'll interchange, right? That's part of the appeal of Chase Edmonds is he's so versatile as a pass catcher that you can move him around. You can get him looks in different areas of the field. You can get creative with him and, and line him up in the backfield and then move him out and, and play him in the slot and try to manufacture some favorable pre-snap mismatches for you to identify. As a case in point, Chase Edmonds, the last two years, has caught 96 footballs for 713 yards over the last two years. And he's another player, 46% of the snaps in 2020 and 40% of the snaps in 2021. These guys don't have a lot of tread on the tires. Edmonds is still young, too. But knowing that Ingold is going to be that guy and trying to now piece together how the personnel is all going to fit, it's kind of fascinating. At least it is in my mind. You think about the opportunities for do with Mike back on the franchise tag. Do you go 22? As if you go 22, it can be a pseudo 11 or tw uh, 21 personnel with hand in the dirt tight end, fullback, traditional eye formation, right? If you want to. Uh, or you could rearrange the backfield however you want, but you're going to have two backs in the backfield, a hand in the dirt guy. And then you can go heavy and have Mike condensed down in an H alignment. So one by one off the tight end and get plus two on the line of scrimmage to the run strength with two in the backfield. Uh, and then you, you could stack the two receivers. If, it, if they're both speed guys, if you end up doing Jalen Waddle and blank, uh, if you end up doing a traditional X and a traditional Z in which Jalen would be the Z, as the vertical type receiver, and the X would be a Devontae Parker or comparable player, depending on what happens with him this offseason. And while the cap hit is friendly, I certainly wouldn't dismiss the idea that uh, they transition away because of this exact conversation and Mike being back in the picture as a size guy. Um, so you can get a really firm run strength, but then you can also get very dynamic on the back end of that from a pass strength if you want to do RPO play action passing and try to manufacture some shot plays too. Um, or you can go heavy and spread it out. You, know, you, you can go five down linemen, uh, double barrel in the backfield as far as a, a, a fullback on one side and the running back on the other side. And then you can go Mike in the slot and then get two perimeter wide receivers. Or you could do two backs and do Mostert and, and Edmonds and then motion Edmonds out and go, go into a one-back backfield with uh, four wide receiver options out wide. 
just based on the physical skill set and versatility of the guys that are already in the picture. And you think about Mike McDaniel and everything that he has been billed as, and if he lives up to that reputation here in Miami, when he's the guy, it's always a little different when you're sitting in that seat as compared to a seat. Um, you can kind of see the vision of we want to be able to come at you with a bunch of different looks. And, and that's, we've had these conversations. And I know we had these conversations a lot last summer in talking about tailoring an offense for Tua and ideologies in football. You think about any given team is always going to have several core principles and core plays. And they can change year to year, but the objective is to tailor your offense around X number of core principles. How many different passing concepts? Five, six different passing concepts that are your core, staple, money plays that you then want to be able to have as many different pieces on your offensive roster that can be interchanged or can fill different routes and different roles in those concepts by getting into different formations with different personnel groupings. So Mike, Chase, Alec, these are critical pieces and additions. Most are primary ball carry, right? I mean, his, his receiving production on a per catch basis is impressive over the last couple of years that he's been on the field and in action, but he's not touching the kind of pass catching production that Chase Edmonds has. Chase Edmonds was over 900 yards from scrimmage last year, had 43 catches and 5.1 yards per carry. Right. And the year before that was 53 and four touchdowns in the passing game and 4.6 yards per carry. So the one thing that we do need to acknowledge, and that's what, what excites me about Mostert, is Edmonds is coming from an offensive system that had Kyler Murray and had that dynamic running threat in the backfield. And on top of that, he was, I don't want to say the change of pace back, but he was the complement back to Kenyon Drake one year, and then the other year was um, James Conner this past year. Even from a financials perspective, the Dolphins have told you which player they're more invested in because Edmonds got twice the years and twice the money per year. But Mostert, there's a pretty interesting chance if he's healthy and comes in, he knows the system. And because he knows the system, I would expect he's going to have a really good chance to be the primary ball carrier early. But he's also not a liability and not capable in, in catching balls out of the back. A lot of different thoughts because there's a lot of different layers to how these pieces can potentially, and not guaranteed to happen, but can potentially overlap and intertwine with one another. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. Whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So as we close today, we obviously need to acknowledge um, that team up north made a splash yesterday signing O.J. Howard and Von Miller. We're talking about the twice defending AFC East champions. Uh, That is all the acknowledgement that they're going to get on this show. But it underscores the Von Miller addition specifically underscores the importance of the Dolphins finishing what they have started. You need attack, if not two. And I I would probably say two, unless you really want to give Liam Eikenberg one of those two spots, or let him and Austin Jackson battle it out. But the job's not finished yet. I think you've got a really solid interior trio right now. Now, if you could sign J.C. Treader, the Brown center who was cut earlier this week, I'm as big of a supporter of Michael Dieter as anybody, but you're not going to see me supporting Michael Dieter to hold the starting role over J.C. Treader if you can get him under contract. Similar systems, older player, but might be the kind of veteran glue you put him between Connor Williams and Robert Hunt because I'm not, I'm not moving Robert back out to tack. I'd like to keep him at guard. Treader and Lyle Collins. And you could probably get it for the price of what it would cost you in general for just Teron Armstead. Let Austin and Liam fight it out for the, the, play, the front side offensive tackle spot. That's, that sounds good to me, but I'm not Chris Greer. Um, I will say I've been a little surprised at the amount of depth signings Miami has handed out, the amount of those three to $5 million contracts we've seen the Dolphins agree to terms with to this point. Um, was thought they were going to go a little more top heavy. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you can't let that approach cost you the big fish that we know that you need at one of those offensive tackle spots because you're picking 29th. And I don't know if you could see it for those of you who are, are watching on the YouTube channel, but right here is my offensive tackle rankings. These are my rankings in the background. And you could see there's four guys that are going to be first round valuations for me. Those guys are going to be gone by 15. Like put it in Sharpie. And as you can see below, I have the third and fourth or the second and third round tackles stacked on the board as well. It's pretty scarce what what you're going to have at your disposal in that offensive tackle end of first round, early second round range. Don't play this game. Get it done and don't be afraid to spend with conviction because this is a spot we can't afford. Those are my two cents. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're aligning well to start cracking some skulls. And for Miami, a team that plays a lot of 1 p.m. September kickoff home games in South Florida, 
good. Let's embrace the fact that we have a really pain-in-the-ass environment to come play in, and let's wear you the hell out. Pound the rock. Alec Ingold, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, Connor Williams, these additions. Let's get two more guys up front. And then we really feel like we can go into this draft ready to just draft good players, which is an ideology that every team should aspire for. But the Dolphins are a few chess pieces away from being able to actually live and execute at a high level. So hope you guys enjoyed. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Make it a good one. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow for the Friday episode as we wind down this first week of 2022 free agency. Fins up.